Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bears on Tap. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. And today I'm joined by my co-host, Quentin, at Butkus Stats. It's the late show. We got football this weekend, full training camp slate, our Bears take on the Chiefs. And now we have football every week until I think like the second week of February, which is the Super Bowl. And then if you're a real football guy, you roll that over into some USFL, XFL to find the sleepers and the diamonds in the rough to bring back to the roster, baby. But we are here. Quentin, how are you today, my guy? I'm doing good, man. Just uh, anxiously awaiting the real football times. Yes, yes. I mean, the preseason is shorter now, so the Hall of Fame game is the start of the preseason, and it's de facto week zero. But now there are only three weeks in the preseason with the added week in the regular season. I think it's a little interesting uh, for the guys that are, like, at the end of the roster. You have a little less time to look and find out what they're truly about. But you know those guys at the top of the roster aren't playing much in the preseason. Maybe for us it's a little bit different because – like we don't really, we haven't really seen too much from Justin Fields yet, right? We haven't seen right. a lot from Cole Komet, at least in the way they want to use him in the offense. So our guys may get a little bit more run in the preseason than the next team that may be a little bit more built than us. But I'm excited for it to start, and we are what a month out from the real season starting and chaos, hopefully not ensuing. Yeah, I got an idea how they're going to use Cole Komet. <laughs> They uh, so big point that they were making to all their pass catchers was you need to be attacking off the ball so that the defenders can't tell if you're coming to block them or you're coming to run, run past them. And they're going to use him right up the seam a ton this year. Oh, yeah, where it's like, is he coming to, to hit that linebacker or is he going straight by the linebacker? As long as they're, as long as they're, you know, coming off the ball explosive all the time. Like they're, they're going to try to use that to their advantage a lot with play action and getting him the ball at the seam, which I'm excited about. Well, and if you look at his college tape, that's how he was used at Notre Dame. Ian Book, I mean, love him as a college QB, but he's not, you know, a world beater. He's not going to throw the ball down the field. Well, so a lot of not time, yet, not yet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I heard Jameis went down in practice today, so maybe he'll get some more burn this year in the preseason. But I think if you use him in the seam like they, he was used in college, especially in the red zone. Like in the red zone against a linebacker, I don't care that it's limited space. Put the ball up, he'll go up and get it. We have. I like I like the sound just because he's he's not a dynamic athlete in the sense of where he's going to be cutting on a dime and, and hitting hitting his you know his corner route, his in, his out that cleanly. Yeah. But you're just asking him running a straight line. He can do that very well. You know, I mean, he's he, he's gifted in a straight line. Who is Absolutely. better at running in a straight line, him or Christian <laughs> Watson? Um, Probably Christian Watson because that was like a 4-3 something. <laughs> I don't know, man. If it's the only line that you can run in, I think I got to give it to Cole because Cole can run, you know, the in and out, you know, the zig, the zag, you know, the fade. The, you know, Cole can do it all. He's not just a one-trick pony. So, But – Oh, here. Actually, let's lead the show off with this, because if there's one thing all Bears fans can rally around, it's making fun of Aaron Rodgers and just Aaron Rodgers is a weirdo. But apparently in the offseason, instead of training, Aaron Rodgers was smoking DMT, which I understand is a hallucinogen, and drinking like 
I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca tea. Now that sounds like another hallucination. Emptying so, his bowels. I don't Alaska. know what this man is doing. I mean, you could tell when you look at him, like he looks like he looks beat hey, up. Like, hey, he went to Cal Berkeley. Okay. Oh, but <laughs> I don't know. Imagine if this guy was doing what Tom Brady does in the offseason or like had like a non DMT offseason. Like maybe it's brought his play down a little bit, but he's still an MVP. But I'm just like, Wow. And for him to come out and say it is the most Aaron Rodgers thing of all time because it's always me, 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 pay attention to what I have to say. Like he's always in the news about something. So I have a little bit of a thought on that. Like just seeing some of the pictures of him, he looks like he's he's slimmed down. Like he looks like he's pretty, pretty skinny. A couple rounds there for Aaron Rodgers. He, well, I'm I'm just curious to see how he holds up. Yeah, freaking hits like he he looks he looks a little smaller than he used to be. But then again, when I think back to his camp entrance where he was trying to be Nicolas Cage, he didn't look that skinny. So it might have just been the clothes. But like I, yeah. maybe there's a small part of me that's thinking he might get injured. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like you know he drops a bag outside of Lambeau Field and they cut a promo video for it. I drop a bag outside of Lambeau Field. <laughs> And I'm in the back of the paddy wagon. So different strokes <laughs> just, for yeah, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. But, just yeah. to be clear, too, I'm not hoping injury on him. I would never <laughs> hope injury on any player. But, but it's yeah, he he knows how to get away from hits, and he he's a slimy little bastard back there in that pocket, <laughs> dude. I don't know how to explain it, but I just I thought it was something to mention because it's like wow, like this guy is on a different level of weirdo. And I thought you were going to say a different level of being human. Yeah. (laughs) Also a different level of being, but just like, what the fuck, dude? But on the bears front, uh, there are injury news, which comes with the game, but at a position that is a position that we talked about last week, a position we were really excited to see in these preseason games, getting live snaps in the ones or the twos, whether you're getting, you know, passes from fields or our, lineage of great backups that we have on the roster. But I am coming here to say today that Nikhil Harry is out for six to eight weeks. And Quinn brought it up when we were talking before the show, this could potentially prevent him from even making the roster because we are kind of just taking a flyer on him. And then the second injury was Byron Pringle. He will be out until uh, you said the the first week of the regular season, or he, he should might be, be back for. The, yeah, I think they said he should be back for the first game, but it, they didn't give yeah. a specific timeline on it because I don't think they have to yet. But yeah. like, um, I, I I think it sounded optimistic, like he'll be back for the regular season, but like, but I don't know how much we'll see him in preseason. Well, you know, he wanted to play this game because it's up against the Chiefs, <laughs> but unfortunately, his body had other thoughts, and honestly, I think Pringle. Uh, with the injury to Harry and not knowing what we're going to get for Harry, even though he's hurt in the preseason, I still think he is going to get between 30 and 50 catches in this offense. You know, 50 is like everything goes right for Byron Pringle, but I still see him as being a contributing part of this offense, whether it's coming out of the slot or in the red zone. I, I don't know why, but he caught well, I do know why. He caught a lot of touchdowns <laughs> in Kansas City, but that's because he had Patrick Mahomes throwing it, and he also had 
a lot of other great receivers around him, which attracted the good yeah. attention. For, yeah, so he was getting favorable matchups. He won't get as favorable matchups in Chicago, but I think that's going to be a testament to see how he can grow with our offense and as a player in the NFL. So it sucks yeah. we're not going to get to see him in the preseason, but I'm still excited for what we can get from Pringle in this offense in the regular season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm excited to see how much Equanimous uh, St. Brown plays. Yeah. Because I, I feel like it, it can go one of two ways. Either he's going to play a lot or he'll barely play at all because they're scared of another receiver near the top of their depth chart getting hurt. I, you know, I don't expect to see Mooney out there. I don't expect to see Bayless Jones play much because he's dinged up too. Um, he, he, they say he's day-to-day, but um, I don't think they're going to risk him getting more dinged up with too yeah. many snaps, if any. Yeah, so no, it'll like be I interesting said, to see how much they put guys out there. And the O-line is going to be good to watch, too, because – There's some battles, yeah. Yeah. But the preseason is so much different than, you know, what we watched, like, growing up. Like, you remember it would always be, like, the first week would always be, like, starters would start, play, like, the first series or the first quarter, and then it would rotate. It was almost like the unspoken rule of the preseason how – the play was being divided up. You know what I'm saying? Like by week three, you would already see your starters for the last time. And then week four was just like watching USFL game. You know what I'm saying? So I I also am interested to see, you know, who gets played and and how long they get played. Obviously the most important thing is to get everybody off the field in the same manner they came onto the field. But yeah, I want to see, I don't know, maybe at least a quarter and a half from fields, like maybe up to halftime week. First, because the Chiefs, even with all, you know, their starters not starting, they still have depth on their defense. It's still, you know, a good scheme to play against. And I think keep fields in the pocket, tell them, you know, scramble. If you scramble, you are running out of bounds. You know what I'm saying? You're not or or you're not getting your helmet knocked off again. Even this use it as as practice to slide or or practice for a slide because he's not great at sliding. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I don't know what type of injuries you can get from a slide, but I'm sure it could be like a knee, an ankle, anything. You know, get, yeah. get your little, get like two slides in. So I don't know. We want we want you to take your five steps, then roll right and slide out of bounds. Dude, I can't wait to see an. <laughs> I cannot wait to see an offense that utilizes a Justin Fields rollout. Like it's going to be a different animal, yeah. and I, yeah, I've already talked myself into us winning Week One. But that's in a month, and this that preview show is in like twenty four days, so we won't cloud cloud your ears with uh, with that. But I think it's a good, it's a it's the perfect type of team to match up against in week one of the preseason. It's not like yeah, we got the Jets or like the Houston Texans or the Jaguars. You know, it's it's a yeah. team that is well rounded at every position, and no matter who is out there for them, it's going to be good battles for our players. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm like I said, I'm excited to watch the O line play, watch what what combinations of what guys are doing good, doing bad. Um, and I'm I really have no idea under, under this new new way they're doing it with only three games how much you're going to see starters in week one of the preseason versus week two versus week three. Like, is week three going to be a game where no starters play? like week four used to be and week two is going to be when you're getting the most reps out of your starters or like, I mean, I'm interested to see how it all plays out. 
Yeah, no, I think at least for this game, like I said, we'll probably see Fields a lot more Herbert than Montgomery. We'll see some Monty maybe the first quarter, so, uh, give or take. But also we're going to see a lot of Tristan Ebner. You're going to see yeah. um, a lot of Braxton Jones, I think, on you know on the yeah. line. I think on the defensive side, the kid, the kid from Miami, I can't think of his name at the moment, but – um, the defensive lineman that we got out of Miami of Ohio this year. Oh, like, Dominique Robinson. Yeah, Robertson. Yeah, you said Miami. My my head went. Yeah, no, uh, I know the turnover no. chain. No, know. man, you know Miami <laughs> to me is the maxion, baby. <laughs> Which, oh my God, I am so excited to get that back as well. College football starts even sooner than the NFL. So, oh yeah, but yes, I I think with this preseason, just figure out our offense, most importantly. Like, when we have those first unit guys out there, we need to be running important sets and important plays that we're going to want to utilize in the regular season. I don't want to just see fucking three-step three, three, three drops and, you know, fields putting in the, into Montgomery or into Herbert's gut. Like, I want to see some interesting exotic pass routes and packages that we will utilize this season. Well, I, uh, I think you might be disappointed. I'm sorry. That's the, <laughs> but dude, that's what life is as a Bears fan. You know what I'm saying? So like, why not prime my body with the preseason with us just handing it off the entire preseason? I don't know. Yeah. I think it's going to be very vanilla and just about it. Cause I, I think, um, really, I think it's at like, it's at the point with NFL preseason where the defense is so vanilla. Yeah. It's hard to even to even see what benefit you're getting from running real stuff against it, other than just letting letting the league know what you want to do, you know? True. True. So I think it's more about just finding rhythm throws, getting like these guys getting in and out of the huddle to the snap, to a throw in rhythm on time, you know, hitting, hitting the receiver where he's supposed to on the right foot of his drop. Like it's just that the timing and the rhythm of everything is really what I think it's beneficial for when it's this vanilla, you know, and getting hit. Just that, that first, first pop, hit of the year. Yeah, that yeah. first pop always. Uh, oh, I remember that in football. That first time you get hit for the year. Woo. But, yeah, I, I'm i excited, man. I, I will probably sit there, watch the game, and then rewatch it later in the day. But Because you know this is the time of the year where we all get to play coach or GM, and especially us with the show where, you know, we'll probably sit here at the end of the preseason and, like we did at the beginning of the preseason or training camp, pick our 53-man roster. I don't know if we'll yeah. go – well, yeah, we'll, we'll go player by player. We'll pull up the graphics and stuff. Why something like that. Yeah. But other than that, uh, offensively, I think the offensive line has the most to prove this week. Justin Fields is going to have the most to prove week in and week out of every week of all season. But – defense I've heard from what I've seen also in training camp and what I've heard from, you know, the radio and the other media, well, the media personalities and members is that the defense has looked like a, a well put together unit and a, and a, a unit that is gelling even without Roquan. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I still have concerns about the D line and those won't be answered till we're watching, you know, the preseason games at least. Cause it's just, I think it's hard to judge run defense and running offense in training camp because 
no one's going all out to hit their own guy. You know that they're not they're not attacking no the same way. Bobby Boucher out there. Yeah, yeah, and that's what that's what run, running the ball and run defense is. It's attack. Yeah, it's all out attack on like on either side of the football, and no one is sitting there in camp going all out attack on their teammate or most guys aren't. Well, yeah. So here, here's a question for you. What did, when you played football, what position did you play? O-line. O-line. So yeah, you don't know. Cause I played defense <laughs> and it's like, I got to go hard, but we can't have yeah. friendly fire, but we also can't yeah. lose practice. Cause I'm not running extra sprints for this shit. So yeah. it's a, it's a tough line to tear yeah. on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but especially at the NFL, uh, running as fast as they do and hitting as hard as they do, it's got to be even harder than my 5'8 ass trying to pull up and not hit my running back, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I can only imagine uh, what it, it's got to be thud or, like, rap. Like, I, I haven't been to training camp in a few years, but <laughs> I would assume it is some variation of the bear hug, no pun intended. But other people that I want to see good things out of in this game. So the, the, the new members of the secondary on the defensive side of the ball, like I said, we don't know what, what we'll see in terms of length in the game, but from Jaquan Brisker and from Kyler Gordon, I want to see good use of the hands. I want to see good footwork. And I mean, honestly, putting the meat on the table, I want to see a turnover from one of the two. I'm not going to say from each, cause that's just absurd. Like obviously Chad Henney and Dustin Crum aren't going to be throwing an air raid offense against us, but I would like to see maybe a forced fumble or an interception from one of our rookie, one of our new members in the secondary that are both rookies. So that's like my bold. That'll be my bold prediction for this weekend. Do you have a bold prediction for the game? Um, well, I was going to say on your point, my money's on Brisker. Dude plays for the lights, man. He shows up in points bet. I'm hitting. I'm hitting yeah. you up for that. For that plus one thousand over 0.5 turnovers caused by Jaquan Brisker this weekend. Um, and bold prediction, player of the game is your guy Chris Fink. Oh yes, Finky. Oh, I forgot about Fink, man. I saw a picture of him in camp the other day. So yeah, uh, Bears fans, before we get started with this preseason. Let me warn you that this guy is going to be the preseason heartbreak guy because <laughs> everyone is going to fall in love with him. He's a very talented football player. I mean, I think I said it on this pod. I shed a grown man tear on senior day when I was there at Notre Dame for him. Like, he was fucking what Notre Dame is all about. He's basically like like a real-life Rudy, you know what I'm saying? And he's going to catch a couple touchdowns. Like, he's going to have some nice catches. I ultimately think, like – He'll end up being a practice squad guy. I don't think he'll be an active roster guy, but oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Think, think going for a huncho this week. You remember how uh, how down Bears fandom was when Tanner Gentry didn't make the team? Yes, that's it's, it's going to be, be that very level. similar with Chris yes. Fink. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he he's got the flow. He's like five eight. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, what was the movie with Mark Wahlberg, uh, Invincible? Like it's yeah. like that. It's like fuck. We gotta put him on the team. We could throw him out there on kickoff or punt. That's one thing that I think will help him. He's a punt returner and a kick returner as well. Uh, yeah. He he did he does have a lot under his belt at Notre Dame. Like he spent a few years doing that and was pretty elusive. And I don't know 
where he ranks on the team because the Bears, if there's one position that we're stocked up at, is guys that can run those punts and kicks back. Like we have quite yeah, a few anything guys. special teams. They've really yeah. focused in on that this offseason on getting special teamers. Even this. So all right, let's throw tinfoil hats on to to get Chris Fink on the roster. <laughs> he could be a gunner, dude. I mean, if Josh Bellamy was our gunner and, and for five years, you know what I'm saying? Like at receiver, he could be a gunner. He's a little undersized, yeah. but you're gonna get uh you're gonna get that effort from him. I remember but, reading somewhere that being a gunner, it, like you want your fastest player who is capable of doing it at gunner because it's yeah. all about how fast can you get to the punt. You know, that's why exactly. Bellamy was good at it. That's why Cordero was good at it, because they could just turn flip the switch and they were gone. Cordero Patterson's also just like built like an avatar like yeah exactly like you couldn't really block him and then he was <laughs> yeah. just gone the second you like stop but if you him. if you think about it like i know we alluded to it a little bit last week but like think about sheriff mcmanus's career right like he yeah. was a gunner for 10 plus years yeah. on this team you know what i'm saying so there's uh, an avenue could, yeah. there's money to be made for yeah. sure but i'm pretty sure Vavis jones already has one of the gunner stuff oh. locked up Valus Jones is probably third on the on the depth chart at safety. Like the the reserve emergency safety. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Shoot, goodness. I'd give him a shot. <laughs> yeah, and one thing, oh, it's gonna be frustrating because we have to Next watch. Next man up, man. Next we have to watch uh, Nathan Peterman and Trevor Simeon in this game. So. Oh, so you know, uh, when when we we were talking about getting that first hit out, it got me thinking. Like as a quarterback. You literally have not gotten hit since the last game you played. Yeah. So I, I just looked all. it up. Nathan Peterman has not been hit since last October. He's coughing one up for sure, buddy. <laughs> I'm already like, I can already see, like, I'll use my phone as an example, like the ball just like falling out as he goes to throw. <laughs> but holy shit. Yeah, it's. I just, I never thought of that because <gasps> all through camp, they don't take a single hit, you know? It's going to be a very fun, like, first quarter, maybe leak into the second quarter. And then, yes, vanilla, manila, vanilla offense with our two awful backup quarterbacks. And also, uh, I did see, like, uh, you know how, like, Twitter just shows you, like, pictures based on your likes? Like, I like, yeah. like football pictures. So, it, it, like, showed me Colt McCoy's tweet. He's still kicking, too. And that brings me to our next guy that's the, the still-kicking guy of the, of the week. Chad Henney is who we will probably see a majority of. Chad Henney and Dustin Crum at quarterback for the Chiefs this week. So it's going to be a battle of just straight mid at the quarterback position <laughs> because we'll get a little bit of fields. They'll, I mean, maybe they'll, they'll, they'll put in Jackson Mahomes, but not Patrick. And uh, I, it'll I, be think, I think Maggie might take some snaps for him. Dude. You know how in baseball there's the honorary first pitch? Could you imagine if they did, like, the honorary first snap and, like, they threw Nagy out there for one play, ran a little – and they would run a curl route. They would run a curl route. Oh, sure. yeah. It would literally hitches. just be like yeah, – it would be like four receivers wide, all hitches. So uh, <laughs> that's one thing, too, that we haven't talked about yet, too. So uh, it's, it's a preseason game, so it's not really like a revenge game, but – Fuck Matt Nagy. I don't want to see that offense cross the 50. I don't know. I don't even know what his exact title is in, in the Chiefs organization, but I know it's it's probably like an offensive assistant or I like. I think he's QB coach. 
Oh yeah. So up up my uh my bold prediction to two turnovers, both picks, one for each, because I want him going through hell on Saturday, even though it's a preseason game, because Matt Nagy cost us or caused us an infinite amount of pain. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm 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 here for it, man. <laughs> so I see your name this week, so I gotta ask you, what type of bear is Matt Eberfuse? Going with uh, Grizzly, I think. Grizzly. He just seems like like grizzled, you know. I don't have a good good rationale here. I don't know bears well enough. That's why I'm asking, actually, because I'm genuinely curious. All right, so I'm gonna go. I'll go panda bear, and Ooh. right now I'm gonna go panda bear because we don't really know what he's capable of. Like, he could be a sleeping giant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he could be. Okay what we need in Chicago or he could just go back to taking a nap and being a defensive coordinator somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, could he be a legendary Panda, like the Kung Fu Panda or like, could he be the Panda Express? We don't know. That could be a title for this episode. Dude, don't get me started. (laughs) I get the orange chicken, the Beijing beef, and then I just twirl the chow mein like spaghetti because I'm just a scumbag human being. Okay, here's a question for you. Go ahead. Favorite Bears preseason star of all time? Hmm. I'm not going to say what everyone thinks I'm going to say with Tanner Gentry because that would be too easy. But hmm, this is a tough one, dude. All right, this is a weird one because he did he did end up – does it have to be someone that, like, did make the roster? They uh, they could have made it eventually, but like, yeah, they had or like just someone who you saw in training camp or like preseason, you were like, that's a dude, and they that's never a became a dude. Oh, okay, so this one, so this one, and this is a Bears Twitter one that is of the most few recent years. But I even wrote an article at the very beginning of my on tap career when we drafted him, and we didn't really see much out of him. But one guy most recently is Riley Ridley. Like, I didn't think he was going to yeah. be Julio Jones or anything, but I thought, you know, when I – and I even went to training camp, dude. I'm pretty sure my Bears hat that I wear, he signed that shit. Like, I, I remember watching him in practice. Like, he was an imposing figure. He had size to him. He had speed. He had all the intangibles. But, I mean, I don't even know. He's not even on the roster anymore. Like, where – is he on the roster? I don't even know where the no, fuck Riley he got he got released. I don't even know where Riley – let's see. While you figure yours, I'm going to locate Riley Ridley because I know uh, he's not suspended. But So mine's got to be Mark Bradley. Wide receiver. Oh, yes. I remember. No, and he was like a second-round right? pick or something. I think he was second or third round. But, like, I remember he would always have him and um, – you know the NBA player Malik Monk? Yes. His older brother – was a Bears training camp wide receiver. And those two, I was like, one of them's going to make it. One of them's going to be the dude. Because they were just – they kept doing well in in uh, preseason games. Yes. Was it 2007 maybe, 2006? And they just – neither of them ever did anything. And I also, since you did a duo, I'm going to add another one to this because it's another guy that literally set a fucking record for preseason receiving yards but would rather punch people in the face. Javon Wimps. Also part of that same regime in Matt Nagy, 
Both yeah. receivers came from Georgia, too, if I'm not mistaken. Both Georgia guys. Yeah. Uh, Roquan panned out. Uh, yeah. But if we're going to only hit on one out of three guys that we get from Georgia, I'm sorry. I'm just not going well, back down. Yeah, Leonard Adams. Floyd in there, too. So that's like one, one out of – Yeah, one and a half. Yeah. Fuck right, Steve. Why couldn't we just draft Stafford instead we let him go to the Lions? But, yeah, between those two, I think – Especially more wins, maybe more so than Ridley, especially because the production was there. He had all those catches and receiving yards in the preseason. It's just yeah. like, how did neither of these guys pan out? And I think before we wrap up, like as much as we give the quarterback position slack as as a Bears player, the receiver position historically has not been good either. Like when you look at the receiver position, and if you're for all intents and purposes, let's let's craft a Bears top five just for today's show. So uh, we can each go one by one. So I'll go first. At five, like the, the, the fifth best receiver in Bears history. Like this is such a nasty list to even have to craft. But at five, I think you got to throw him on the list. Marty Booker. Like Marty Booker's up there at five, I think. Yeah, so are we, are we going to say like post-merger? Yeah, post like yeah, post okay. post eighty five. Okay, because yeah, Booker's definitely up there. Booker has the among receivers post merger the third most receiving yards of any bear. Um, That'll play. How many touchdowns? Let's see. 25 touchdowns. I'm not sure where that ranks, but um I mean honestly, I think I think I got you gotta throw Brandon Marshall in there. He's not he's not one of the top five in receiving yards, but he was here for so short. Yeah. You know, but what he like brought but what seasons. he brought on Sunday though, you knew yeah. you were gonna get a lot from him. Um then you probably got Allen Robinson again. It wasn't uh, that long, but he was really good for the first two years. Yeah. Um. Then so Willie Gold's probably just outside those guys. Yeah. So different Willie time. Like different six. time in the NFL. Yeah, different time in the um, NFL. It's not his fault. He played in the eighties. And the final two come down to Curtis Conway and Alshon Jeffrey. Conway see, was back in the nineties. That like he was good. See, Conway was good. I remember him a lot growing up, and I also remember him because he was like the one receiver that you got in NFL Blitz. It was like Curtis Enos, Jim Kramer, or Eric Kramer. I'm sorry, I said Jim Kramer, and then Curtis Conway. But then, do you know who, you know who the Bears' two leading receivers and catches are all time? Oh, okay, so is it is one players? Of them, is one of them? Is one of them Mike Dicka? Uh, Mike Dicka is sixth in receptions. Okay. All right. History. All right. So maybe I was about to say it's another M. Is it Marcus Robinson? Did he play here for that long to get that many uh, catches? No. no. Okay. I'm no, no, no. Walter Payton is number one on the Bears and catches. You know who's number two? Matt Forte. Boom. Nailed it. We're such a shitbag organization, <laughs> dude. I hate us. Like, I hate us, dude. We can't even put together a proper list. So, yeah, to to 
to you say. You know where they are in receiving yards? All time at receiver or at running back? Pey- Peyton is fourth. Or uh, not at run, just at uh, receiver, tight end, or running back. Oh, wow. Peyton is fourth in receiving yards, and Forte is seventh in receiving yards. See, and Matt Forte never really got the respect he deserved in the NFL because he played for such an unserious franchise. You know what now, I'm saying? Two guys who do reserve or mention is pre-merger Johnny Morris and Harlan Hill. Incredible receivers. Yeah. But way before our time. Yeah, no. I mean, I wasn't even a thought at the time. But, yeah. yeah it's well, My parents were barely a thought at the time. It's nasty because you talk about a, a position on the Bears, like linebacker or, or even the secondary position, like safety or corner. And there is there is history at those positions. There's players that you can look to and say those were all-time greats. Quarterback and receiver, I mean, in the in the Hall of Fame scheme, not really. Like, but for us, like, you look at like a guy like Jay Cutler, and you know what I'm saying. It's like that's yeah. the, the best we've ever had. I don't know. I I would really like for Fields to turn out to be the guy. I don't think any of the receivers on the current receiving core, with the exception of Darnell Mooney and Maybe, maybe, maybe Valus Jones, if he can become something better than what we thought he would be. But it's just uh, one of those things where there's no surprise when we're getting roasted all summer long by the national media because we're rolling out what we roll out of receiver. But okay. You ready to get hurt? Yes. So the Bears all-time uh, leader in catches has 492 receptions. All-time leader in yards has 5,059 yards. Greg Olson in Carolina has 524 receptions. In Carolina only? And 6,463 yards in Carolina only. So Greg Olson's production in Carolina surpassed both Bears records for receiving catches and yards. Remember, he wasn't good enough to, to play tight end. They wanted him to play receiver. They want to play. They they want a blocking tight end. Yeah, they're jagoffs. I mean, even now they can't figure out what they want to do at tight end with with all the extra guys that they carry. Like that's one position that we always just stockpile people. But to close out this week's show, I know wins and losses don't matter. But do you have a score prediction and a game prediction for this weekend's matchup? It's the preseason, so it's got to be an unethical. It's got to be like a score down and score, you know. Bears 19, Chiefs 25. Oh, that's such a stinky score, 25-19. That's a lot of points for a preseason game. I think it's like – I think it's more like 19-17 games. I think the Bears somehow win. Oh, they, they definitely can. Yeah, I think it's like it, it probably means a little bit more for us to try and win a preseason game because we're the team that needs all the extra work I mean, a lot more than the Chiefs do. But, yeah, like I said, not about wins and losses. Like, go out there, execute. Get, like like Quinn said, get used to getting back in the huddle. Get used to, to hitting people get, that, you know, that aren't wearing the same jersey as you. And get the timing of it all, right? Because – that's the one thing you see at the beginning of an NFL season is teams are out of sync and their timing is off. And if your timing doesn't get up till week four, your season's not getting up and running until week four. 
Yeah. So that's some of the things that I really want to see this week. We'll be back with you guys next week to recap the game against the Chiefs and then take a look ahead of the or to the week two matchup um, in the preseason. But other than that, I got nothing else for you guys. Stay tuned to ONTAP Sportsnet for written work from our Bears on Tap contributors throughout the week when breaking news occurs. And then obviously stay tuned to our Twitter page uh, for the show. And then obviously we love our listeners on YouTube and Facebook as well. We got nothing else for you guys and bear down. Bear down. Welcome back to an impromptu episode of Bears on Tap. Of course, because the Bears only break news on Tuesday morning as we record on Monday night, we had to get back to this uh, right away before we finished the episode, before we published it, and this will just be in addition on to Monday night's episode that will be added at the end, which I believe would if you're just entering the podcast now, it's probably about 45 minutes in. But instead of Quentin, I have Joey with me today. Doesn't matter who I have with me today. It's a very miserable day. Joey, how are you, my guy? I'd be much better if the Bears would just extend Roquan Smith and stop dicking around, get this shit done. Uh, we'll get into it here a little bit more, but I, uh, I'm not happy, man. Like, I know it's not all on the Bears entirely. I'm not going to, we'll kind of talk about why it's not entirely on them, but um, yeah, man, it just sucks. We're getting closer and closer to the season. And you want all of your ducks in a row. You want all your players on the field. And right now our best one is on the field. Yeah, and, like, for me, it was the first thing my eyes laid, you know, on when I woke up this morning. That was the first thing I saw, like, when I looked on my phone was Roquan Smith has requested a trade. And obviously in 2022, when an athlete puts out a statement on Google Notes, it's a wrap. You like that's about as signed deal as you could get. And, you know, Roquan represents himself. He doesn't have an agent. So do we know what the number that he's asking for? No. Do we know what Roquan what we what we saw in the report was that Roquan wants a long term deal similar to what Darius Leonard got. Now, I don't understand why it's an issue. Uh Roquan's a top five linebacker in the NFL. He's played at that level his entire career he hasn't really you know stepped sideways or done anything wrong in our eyes I know he's not it's not fucking Ray Lewis but I still think that Roquan Smith deserves to be a Chicago Bear forever if Roquan Smith wants to be a Chicago Bear forever and I think it's important too that he talked about the importance of the position we talk about it all the time on this show what it means to play linebacker for the Chicago Bears I mean you look down and they're, you know, Butkus, Singletary, Erlacher, Briggs, you know, they're, the list goes on. You got our random guys like Hunter Hillenmeyer and shit that will go down as Bears legends. Like Roquan Smith is an all-time player. Why not keep him here for his entire career? It makes zero sense to me, and it shows a horrible message from the new regime where it's just like I, I said the tweet earlier where, Chicago is the home of owners that will have underpaid young talent, allow them to live out the length of that contract, and then not 
renew them despite them meeting all the criteria of what they were supposed to do when they signed the contract. It fucking blows my mind. We see it with the Cubs way too often. We see it with the Bears now. There is zero reason on God's green earth that you lose Roquan Smith in the same offseason you lose Khalil Mack. No. It's inexcusable. There will be like literal riots outside Soldier Field if if that's what ends up happening. Yeah, and then even Akeem Hicks, right? Like those are two, three of the guys that you've – like we knew that one was coming, but like three of the guys that we've been accustomed to watching over the last – I don't know how many years now exactly, but like – and then ever since his rookie year with Roquan, it's like, man, this dude has been – I mean, you basically said it. Like he's been a model player. Like as whatever you ask of him to do, he's basically done, um, at least to the highest that he can do from what it looks like. I mean, I've never had an issue with what he does on the field ever. Like I've never watched a Bears game and been like maybe a couple times it's like, okay, he could have done better on this particular play. But it's like you got to get real nitpicky about it, right? Like he's not one of those guys that causes any problems on the defense. And he's your your team leader on the defensive side of the ball now, especially with the guys that have left. And he's the guy that you're going to count on going into at least the immediate future. And that's why I just don't really understand, like, you know, it probably would be smart of him to just go out there and get another agent right now. Like, I know he's his own agent, but, like, he probably should just go out there, especially, like, there was a little bit of tactics being played by him, right? Him going into this and and uh, doing that, like you said, the Google Notes thing, you know, putting it out there for the fans and then showing up to the Fan Fest today. And then Ryan Poles is on the opposite side of the uh, of the sideline, like, you know, there was a little bit of games being played there, I think. But if one thing's clear, I do think that even though he put that out there, he definitely wants to be a Chicago Bear. Like, I don't think he would have showed up today if he didn't want to. And I do think that there's, like, a lot of that playing into this. Uh, you know, as the lap says here in the comments, I've written re- weekly takeaways for the past two years. He's always a highlight in them. He was the, the lone shining star on a bad team, leading tackler most weeks. Yeah. Absolutely. Like he's always on the stat sheet. He's always, you know, showing through compared to the other players on the team and being a key reason why they get off the field on third down, you know, because of his pass coverage and because of his quickness sideline to sideline. So I, I just don't really, I don't see how he doesn't fit this scheme. Like no matter what spot he's going to be in, like I, I know people are like out there talking about, they want to see how he fits into this scheme and all that. Roquan just looks like one of those guys. He's going to be good in whatever whatever you put him in. He's going to be good at because he's just that damn hardworking on the football field, that quick, and that and seems to be that smart and instinctive. So I I don't really have any, like, real thoughts about him as a player, as, like, should he or shouldn't he be here? He should absolutely be He's here. He's the guy for the job without a shred of doubt in my mind. It's just – it's unbelievable the level – that this has even got to, right? Like, as you're scrolling through the situation, you, you see, you know, Cordero Patterson changes his Abby on Twitter to a picture of Roquan. You see all the players start to get in on it. And it's just like, we can't do anything right as an organization. And there's, like you said, there's one player on this team that's been a staple for the last four or five years that we know we're going to get all pro level play out of, and that's Roquan Smith. And 
we've had him for very cheap for his he's on his rookie deal for fuck's sake like yeah. he, like he if you guys know anything about NFL contracts you know that that first and, and depending on how long that first contract is that second contract that's your shelf life that is like that is the most money you're going to make at any given point during your NFL career is that first contract after your rookie. And then that second, if you can get it at like 31 years old, maybe 32, depending on your position. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think Roquan, he's what, 25 years old. He's a smart mm-hmm. kid. He realizes like, Hey, I've been on a bad team for five years. Imagine if Roquan Smith was on a team where he had the pieces around him. You know what I'm saying? It would only be better. So he probably is also thinking that in the back of his head. But at the end of the day, like the guy said, he wants to be a bear for life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he he did request a trade, but he also did say, I would like to stay a bear for life. I don't want it to have to come to this. And I think Roquan Smith's an easygoing guy. Like you look at his social media posts and the way he is and fucking he's hanging out with porn stars on yachts in the summer. Like he looks like just your normal 25 year old guy that happens to play in the NFL and be pretty fucking good at it. Like, I don't know what you expect from the kid at this point. He wants his worth paid in cash or with a Bella Danger shooting the money gun out of the Brinks truck at the back at him. But I just, I cannot wrap my head around how bad of a job Ryan Poles has done up to this point with the exception of his draft. And yet again, Quentin reminded me of it last night. We have not seen them play a single down. So. Yeah, we haven't. And that's why like all this, like faith and excitement in, you know, Ryan Poles to this point, like, I just don't understand Scott Crawford here in the comments. You know, if they don't extend Roquan, we riot. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> we're all going to fucking – we're going to be pissed, like, as we are now, I think. Like, we kind of come came onto the show just pissed off as it was. But, like, dude, I just don't get, like – you know, you have a player like this, and we – like you said about Ryan Poles, or we haven't seen them play a down yet, take even a snap yet. Like, it's – we don't know what he's put together here. Like, the signings that he's made – even like the, the the offensive line late in you know late in the process here with Riley Reef and uh, Michael Schofield they came late they didn't break the bank this year under for the cap hits like they didn't break the bank they still have a, just over eighteen million in cap space so if you wanted to front load this contract and I mean I'm I'm sure there's like I'm hearing like mixed things about the reporting like it sounds like maybe there's some issues like obviously they don't want the, the guarantees on the back end of the contract with Roquan Smith uh, because usually when guys obviously get older and stuff, and you're going to have to want to save some space towards the end of that contract as well, because you want to extend some guys, you have to make a decision on Justin Fields. You're going to, you know, look to extend him and, uh, and other key positions, but like, and people are making it this big thing about the position premium, right? Don't pay the position premium. He's not, it's not a premium position to pay a linebacker, uh, whatever, so on and so forth. Like, if you actually front-loaded this contract, and that's where I think an agent could step in and, like, talk to Roquan and be like, hey, dude, they're going to give you the guaranteed money early on. No teams really want to get the cap space. They don't want the the major guarantees later on in the contract. So why don't you just front-load it? Now, let's say they gave him – and I'm just throwing a number out here, and it's going to sound fucking crazy to a lot of people. But, like, let's say they gave him $24 million this year, guaranteed. 
That's a crazy number. It's a ridiculous number, right? Because I think a lot of people are sitting in that like $20 million sweet spot range right now, like, or maybe a little bit under like 19 mil, whatever. If they gave him 24 mil, they would still be about $3 million uh, in cap space under the cap. So I'm just saying just for this year alone. So if you did that this year, and I mean, you don't really want to go into a season like that because then you have, you know, you're probably gonna have to make other signings as well. I mean, right now the injuries are piling up at wide receiver. You got David Moore who got, who got hurt today. Um, but like, we'll see how serious that is. I don't know. It sounded like he was carted off. I don't know. But like, you know, you might have to make another wide receiver addition. I just think like the the fringe roster cuts, dude. Like you can you can work your way around this this cap space management issue to the point where you should be able to like front load this contract if he's asking for it early. Maybe that's just not what he wants. I don't really know. Like we don't know what the discussions are, but I do like that polls addressed the media today at least. Like that that part to me was like, okay, cool. At least he came out and talked because in the past, like Ryan Pace wouldn't have said shit. He just would have like ducked down. And like that part of me, he says he wants to sign Roquan and extend him. That part I kind of look at as like, I got to commend him for that. But it's like, dude, just get the job done. You know, and I understand this is his first year. And, you know, this is a, this is a tough issue to be presented with in your first, first year, especially from a fan favorite for the most part. But I just want him, I just want him to play for the Bears. He's good enough. He deserves it. Yeah, and it's it's not something that you want to have going into a season like this. I think you put the tweet out earlier that it was like in a season with no expectations going into it, they still found a way to disappoint me before we even played a snap. Like we have our first preseason game this weekend. I know Roquan's probably not going to be the focal point in that preseason game, but at a certain point you want to get Roquan out there running with the one so they have that chemistry come week one. And – from all reports that I've heard and from what I've seen, you know, the defense has already looked good in his absence. Imagine how much better they look with him in there. You know what I'm saying? So with Roquan, you know. And I I wonder if that's like part of their like tactic though, too. Like, look how good it is without you. We don't really see, but that's fucked up. That's fucked up. That's like putting makeup makeup on a pig, bro. Like we're going to sit here and say that, we will still have a defense that's that's capable without Roquan Smith when we could just, you know, sign our player that has deserved an extension that the Brinks truck should be backed up for. Like, it shouldn't even be a conversation. I heard Ryan Poles only gave about five minutes to in his in his press conference. Like, he kind of walked out today. So I'm sure he feels the pressure. I really don't care. I mean, you take a job like this, high-profile job like this as a GM, and you just have been fumbling through the first six months of the job. Like the yeah. team, the team is in no better position than we were when when you you know signed up for the job to win a Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? So I, obviously, that was never the goal for this year. We never had a roster that was going to be ready to compete for a Super Bowl right away. But you want to be able to see the silver linings and you want to be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And right now, you know, receiver injury, receiver injuries piling up, Roquan not getting his money, Ryan Poles not really making any friends in the Chicago media and, and beyond, you know, the fans are fucking irate. 
I've seen people too, like standing up for like Poles or the McCaskies or Ted Phillips. And it's just like, how many more times do we have to let these people let us down and not expect a different result before we're actually fucking insane? You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's insanity by the definition down to a T where it's just like come September, we know we're going to get ready for bears football. We know it's probably not going to end how we want it to end, but we're still going to be here for 17 weeks of it come hell or high water. And it's just like, no matter what narrative gets us in the news cycle this year, until they put those pads on, it's not going to be good. You know, it will, until they put those pads in the in game jersey on, I should say, it's not going to be good. Until they have an opportunity to silence the people, then the critics that have been doubting them, it's going to be shit like this where it's like Roquan's not getting paid. Who's Justin Fields going to throw to? All this BS that we keep getting spoon-fed during the soft the soft time of the offseason, I say. But, you know, the, the preseason is about to heat up. So I guess you could say we'll have actual game film and clips to talk shit about now. Yeah, we're getting close. We're getting close. That That's like the one good part about this time of year is like we all kind of are starting to feel the fever now a little bit. But it's like, you know, at the same time, when you have this like cloud, this dark cloud kind of like looming over your team or your favorite team and just your organization, if you're in the Bears shoes, like I just don't understand, man. Like he had and a lap says here, Joey Poles also left after five minutes while the reporters were still asking questions. Don't give him too much credit. I mean, hey, I'm only giving him credit because I know it was an unscheduled press conference. So, like, that part of the situation is I'm giving him a little bit of credit because he didn't have to do that today. But, like, at the same time, no, he doesn't deserve the credit. Like, he doesn't deserve to be – I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt in this situation. I'm just saying, like, he – all we've seen from him so far, like you said, B-Down, basically the best thing he's done so far is minimize the cap hits. Like he's freed up cap space. That's basically the only thing that he's done so far, as far as I'm concerned. He's kind of addressed some issues, but he hasn't addressed all the issues. We still have wide receiver questions like crazy. As much as we try to put lipstick on a pig, and we talk about these uh, receiving weapons, and you know what I mean? Like we talk about Cole Kinect gonna... have a breakout year, and, you know, Darnell Mooney's excellent. Like outside of that, everybody's getting hurt, and you, have, you don't have – Anything else guaranteed outside of that, basically, for the yeah. weapon. So it's like, what has he done outside of – and then the late additions to the offensive line. Okay, solid moves, but now you got a disgruntled Tevin Jenkins who says he's not disgruntled or whatever the fuck. And you, you know what I mean? Like, there's different situations. And the lap says right here, the Jenkins situation is a mess too. But just like I said, I mean, it is a mess. And that could be a lot on coaching too. If he's not buying into coaching – and whatever, and there's disagreements there. It it doesn't all have to be on Ryan Poles. I'm not saying that, but it's all on Ryan Poles. We're putting on him. We're we're all we're just everything's on Ryan Poles. Everything is on the table, and it's all Ryan Poles' fault. And and I mean, I I it until further notice, Ryan Poles is guilty. Like I I don't, you know, they talk about innocent until proven guilty. He hasn't shown me a goddamn thing that proves that he's – and now I sound like an old man yelling at the clouds, but I'm serious. I mean, dude, look at it like this. I'm 28. You're what, 30, right? 31, yep. 
we have never had a period of sustained excellence in our entire life as Bears. You get fans. one good season and that's you get, it. You get the one-off season where they go to the playoffs, they lose in heartbreaking fashion, and then it's two, three, maybe four years before we're back at it again. You know what I'm saying? By the time we get back to the playoffs – if you truly want to count the Nickelodeon game, it will probably be three or four full seasons. You know what I'm saying? So, and the team will have a completely different makeup by the time we get back. Tevin Jenkins, we can also touch on right now because that is also, I guess, still kind of sizzling where, yeah, Tevin Jenkins has nowhere near the career of Roquan Smith, but Tevin Jenkins also, yeah, he hasn't really had the amount of time to show us what he can do at the NFL level. And I mean, I don't understand the, just make your fucking players happy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you look at just regular jobs. Like we work regular jobs, right? If our boss was acting a fool like this, fucking with our money, we're looking for a new job. It's not that hard of a concept to understand. It shouldn't be, you know, it shouldn't be this hard just because you play in the NFL. Like the bears, have got to stop acting like the fucking Dollar Tree and the Dollar General and in a small mom and pop shop, and they have to act like an NFL franchise that has money to blow. Because if there's one thing that people in Chicago love, regardless of result, is Chicago Bears football, as we've pointed out so effortlessly for you. Like people are, we're meatballs, we're stupid, we're dumb people. We don't care. We love football, and we will tune in no matter what. Give us a product that want that we want to be excited about. We know this year is not our year to win the Super Bowl. It's not our year to go 13-4, and four, whatever it may be. But we want to see happy players in the locker room. We want to see that foundation for the future getting built. And when you, you know, when the first thing before you even rub the crust off your eyes in the morning is you see your best player wants to request a trade, it breaks your heart because – like, what are we doing here? If you can't reward the best player on your team for the way he plays, why would anybody else do their fucking job? You yeah, I mean, you, we didn't even, you know, you didn't even get to put your toaster strudel in the toaster. And, you know, you're looking, <laughs> you got Roquan Smith is uh, requesting a trade. It, it sucks, dude. Like, you see that? And, and I will stand on this hill, I guess. I don't think he's gone until I see, like, from a viable reliable source that there are actually rumors out there for him getting traded because yeah, so it doesn't not, sound so like not Daniel Greenberg or Jacob Infante like until Schefter or Rappaport tweets it I don't believe it so yeah man I mean like it's got to be like a real source that says like it's there's even rumors out there because it doesn't sound like from today I don't think I don't think polls would have addressed the media today if he had any intention of actually trading him yeah so that's the smart that's like the the one positive that we can look at this situation where I feel like they will get something done. It's just a matter of like when I think, but at the same time, you know, you can't, you can only piss somebody off for so long. You know what I mean? You can only keep, keep rubbing their, you know, rubbing them the wrong way until they just say, Hey, you know what? I'm actually out the door. I didn't just use this as a tactic. Like, well, it's a context for too. I mean, you saw the way, uh, Richard Sher- Richard Sherman, or no, it wasn't Richard Sherman, it was Earl Thomas, the way Earl Thomas left Seattle, you know, where it's a contract year, Pete Carroll's playing him, he gets hurt, he's fucked. You know what I'm saying? So Roquan Smith is in a contract year. He stands to gain nothing unless he has that new deal locked up. You mm-hmm. have 
nothing else to prove. There should be no, well, we need to see you do it again this year if you want the deal. It's already been done. Sports contracts, as we know, towards the end, are ne- you're never going to actually recoup the value that you signed for Like when you're in year four or five of that contract. Very rarely do you ever get your money's worth that late in the contract. You're paying for what that guy has already done for you, which, as we've seen, i.e. Brian Urlacher, they don't give a fuck about doing. He also had a statement that we'll talk about as well. But it, it, it has to get done, and it needs to get done before Saturday. You need to have him ready to roll so that when the Bears play that one preseason game where it's the ones for a majority of the game, Roquan can get his fire, you know, his firing practice in, get out there, get his first couple hits in, and he'll be ready to go for week one. Because if we want any, you know, if we want to have any chance at beating the 49ers, especially, especially if Trey Lance is playing quarterback, we need our sideline to sideline all pro linebacker out there with us to do it. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about it. This team doesn't even this team is doesn't even have a shot at 500 without Roquan Smith, in my opinion. Just the impact that he has on the defensive side of the ball. Eberflus could be the best head coach and get this team in the right positions uh, defensively, especially. But I don't think they're just anywhere near above average at best. And if your defense isn't above average at best. You're asking a lot from a first-year offense, basically a first-year offense, new system, new everything, a second-year quarterback who didn't even get the full season last year to uh, beat quarterback, <laughs> wasn't even didn't even have a real coach. So, like, you're asking a ton out of an offense who's going to have mistakes. And what, you're just going to run the ball? Like, the plan, it feels like, is to run the ball and play good defense this year. And if that's the plan, your defense needs to be above average. It cannot be just an average unit. Without Roquan Smith, to me, it's an average unit. You take him out, that's a huge chunk of your defense. And, like, Nick Morrow, whoever, like, these guys are not replacing Roquan Smith and what he can bring, no matter the position that he plays uh, as a linebacker. So I just don't see it. And there's another thing, too, beat on that I think we should touch on, and it's the fact that uh, Quentin, you know, our our – podcast co-host here he he mentioned this and there's a lot of like talk about this who uh stein trying to see what the heck his first name is now i just lost it just in front of me cliff stein um has been with the team since 2002 he's actually hired by mccaskey and you know ted phillips he's been with the team he's been in these contract negotiations he's basically taken the rollover oh, did you say 2002 2002 yeah get the fuck out of here that's the problem He's been with the team since 2002, but okay. So when Ryan Pace took over in 20, like in 2015, he replaced him with Joey Lane as like basically the contract negotiator and all that, like chief negotiator and the salary cap guy. He replaced him with Joey Lane, and then now since Ryan Poles came in, now you got Cliff Stein back at the helm, taking over as like his like his official title is senior vice president and general counsel. But, like, he's basically the salary cap guy, and he's, like, the chief negotiator in these contract, you know, disputes and situations or whatever. And I'm just going to say it. I mean, I agree with Quentin in this point here, too. Like, I think at any point, any time that you have somebody who's been look, – look at where they've run this organization. Just McCaskey himself and Ted Phillips. Phillips might have made them a ton of money over the years, but, like, anytime you have a guy that's – been around since when they were doing things. Now he's basically 
like in a position of power as far as football operations go. I know it's money, but like you're talking about money and you're talking about the product on the field. He has an impact on the product on the field. Not just it's not just like bean counting, right? Like it's it's actually having an effect on what's going on and what's going to take place if this guy's going to be on the field or not. So that's not entirely on Ryan Poles either, because like if it's them that made him put that guy back in position, uh, you know, if him being a first year GM and whatever, he doesn't have the experience in this department, right? Like he doesn't have the experience in like contract negotiations and all that. But like at the same time, he you're going to trust the McCaskies and, and Ted Phillips to put the right guy in position. Like, I don't and, think and Cliff fucking Stein. No, thank you, sir. No, thank you. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. This is is a lot of like stank written all over this. And, and I think, I think too, it may not be direct nepotism, but I think the Bears are a huge victim to, like, this guy has had this job for twenty years. It's almost like, it's like uh, those people you see it when you go to Wrigley, right? They they've been the fucking beer vendor for twenty years. They'll be the beer vendor until they get put in the dirt. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> this guy needs to go and fucking retire because he's not good at his job. He has shown over time. Well, now that we know he's really like the guy that's putting out the numbers on these contracts, he needs to receive more blame publicly than guys like Ted Phillips or, or, or George McCaskey does too, because you know, he, he probably has like, uh, like those secret service headsets on and he's just got George McCaskey in one ear just saying, look, that's too much. That's that's too much money. It's bullshit. Mom, mom and pop won't spend that. So, and it's absurd. The cap space is there. the The need is there for Roquan Smith on the defense. Figure it the fuck out by the time we come back to this show next Monday. Because yeah, I, I want to strictly talk about our matchup with the Chiefs and our our look ahead to the matchup against the shitbox Seahawks against Drew fucking Big Lock Cock baby. So through big lock cock, yeah. he's not going to be against us though. Yeah, no, that was, uh, I forgot. It was, this is true degenerate hours, but during COVID there was like Madden streams. Right. And Drew lock was obviously on the Broncos and they would always put like graphics when big plays were made in the streams. And that was the true lock graphic. So mm-hmm. I apologize if we lost anyone cause I have a potty mouth, but either way, the preseason is what our main focus should be. It should not be about player, you know, contracts, player extensions. That stuff needs to get figured out. And everything that we need to be talking about should be strictly football related from here on out. I hope it is. I hope we don't have to come back to another uh, addendum to our show because I swear to God, every time something big like this happens, you know, we are less than 10 hours away from pressing the red button to end to end the recording. So I appreciate you for, for hopping back on here, Joey. I feel a little bit better, not a lot of it better. I'm probably going to sleep in my Roquan Smith Jersey tonight. Like a, like a big baby, like the big child that I am, but <laughs> fuck like, and I was trying to get my dog on the stream, but I put his bears Jersey on and, and, that was last night, so I'm starting to think me putting the Bears jersey on my dog is is bad luck. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm going to let him keep it on for another day or two and hope that uh, he'll be able to wear it this season. If not, we're going to have to get him uh, 
maybe we'll get him the color rush jersey for this season. So, you yeah, know, Notre Dame. Uh, no, he, he's got the whole lineup, dude. He's ready to roll. He got a little Chris Bryan jersey, all that. So, oh, I, no, I can't talk about it because Chris Bryant's no longer in Chicago as well. Yeah, you're just jinxing everybody, it sounds like. Fucking extend Roquan Smith yesterday. Get it done, Ryan Poles. We are tired of talking about it. Joey, do you have any final wrap-up thoughts before we close out the show for the third and final time? And that, and that doesn't count the two times we closed it out yesterday. <laughs> yeah, no, no more final thoughts other than, like, let's get it done, man. Like you said, uh, maybe you need to take the jerseys off the dog. Whatever you need to do, maybe you need to work. Wake up earlier and have your toaster strudel uh, yeah. in your hand before you actually like look at your phone and check out the news because maybe that's part of it. The jinx here, but uh, yeah, man, I just want to see Roquan on this team. I think it will happen. I maybe I'm looking at this a little bit more positively, but I don't. I I'm not going to give Ryan Poles a ton of credit either. I think this has just been a mess of an off season, and uh, I hope Roquan gets himself an agent like. Stop doing it with yourself. Like that's that's my only message here because I feel like um, you get an agent in there and a lot of things will smooth over here uh, because you don't have to get like emotional or yep. be pissed off about you know a contract offer that you didn't feel was fair and they can kind of be someone to like a liaison to lean on and be a middleman. So I think he should get himself an agent and yeah, let's get this thing figured out. Hopefully. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because if there's one thing we know about Roquan Smith is Roquan Smith's an emotional guy, wears his heart on his sleeve. So I can only imagine how offended or how felt, you know, done wrong by this whole situation. So at the end of the day, yeah, it's probably, you know, you're, you're not going to lose that much money. You lose 3% on your contract and 5% maybe on your endorsements. And Roquan Smith could do many, many endorsements. So it, 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 the possibilities are endless. And then, too, at that point, you know, you take all the stress of having to deal with all the business side of the game, and you could just go out there and play football and let your manager or your agent figure out all the other stuff that needs to be figured out for you guys. But unfortunately for us, we can't figure out the contract situation for the Bears. We'll be back with you guys next Monday to discuss hopefully a, a preseason victory in the Matt Nagy Swan Song game. And a brand new contract for Tevin Jenkins and Roquan Smith. We will probably not get any of those three, but let's just hope that we can at least put one on the board. Like, for fuck's sake, like, let's start this season on the right foot and let's get some momentum built for that first four games of the season because a lot of those games, honestly, our whole schedule has a lot of winnable games. And I, I think regardless of what our team looks like, Justin Fields is going to keep us in more games than not. And Roquan Smith, I don't know if they have uh, wins above replacement in the NFL, but I'm sure he's worth at least like two games per season. So, Absolutely. With that, with that being said, we are Bears on Tap. Follow us on Twitter at Bears on Tap. Follow my guy Joey at Joey Knows Nothing, and you can follow me at on 300 We'll be back with you guys next Monday to discuss the Chiefs game as well as all the other breaking news that has gone on in the, in the past week. And then we'll also be getting you guys ready for week two of the preseason against the Seattle Seahawks. Really do appreciate you for taking time here on this Tuesday night and bear down. Bear down. <laughs>